You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today's topic is surviving the holidays with the Enneagram. I know that that title sounds a little bit cryptic. It isn't all about making the holidays amazing or holiday full of joy, but let's just say I'm not a seven who was born yesterday. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about what the studies show about couples during the holidays, and I'm going to give you so many great survival tips so that you can have a holiday to remember and not one out of a holiday horror movie. So especially during 2020. So we really really want to make sure we end this year well and that we have some great memories, but that we also know how to ride it through with some difficult times too, because that's going to happen. It's not going to be all smooth sailing. And I really look forward to this episode because it's real and it's fun. And I think we're going to have a great time in many ways overall this holiday, but also just making it is quite a celebration this year, as I'm sure you agree. And especially if you're listening on a week by week basis, you know, we've been having such a big week this past week with elections and polls and all kinds of crazy issues. So as things are winding down with that, we're gearing up for the holidays and I had such a fun time with my staff. We always do an early November meeting because I love holiday survival planning. And I know that if I ask my staff to meet with me anytime late November and December, it becomes part of that difficult blob of calendaring things in a crazy fashion. And I just thought every year, let's just do a little early, even though people at the stores look at me like I'm crazy when I'm buying Christmas decorations and things before Halloween or before even Thanksgiving. And it's like, just back off because I'm trying to save us all for later. So that's what I'm trying to do today with you on this podcast is give you some training and tips so that when you get into the thick of things, you are ahead of the game. And that is exactly where I want you to be. So before we get started on that, I'm going to give you a brief update on our Enneagram Glow booklets. We are so excited to release those and I'm on my final day of editing. And next week we'll be looking at our marketing. So if you are looking for something fun to get for you and your spouse, these are going to be a perfect little stocking stuffer item that you guys can go through together with a beautiful illustration from Elena Pompa and some additional trauma information from Michael Shahan. So I'm super happy This has been a project for two sevens to just me and Elena are just like, oh, this is taking us so long, but we're so excited because we're like, this is so important to our work here at Enneagram and Marriage and her work as an artist and an Enneagram artist is to hear from you guys and get your couple pairings right. So when I get in my DMs, people saying to me, what can I do for a four and a five? What can I do for a one and a three? I have a resource for you. So you don't know how much that means to me because I'm one of those people that as I go to one and stress, I really like connecting on every single post, every single comment, every single DM. And that is just not possible all the time. So it's like, oh my gosh, if I can't give you everything, uh, especially because I can't even open my door to new clients right now, even locally, I'm having to pass the clients on just because it's a busier season for my clients. 
It's like, this is a way we can connect still and be together through this podcast and through these booklets. So I'm putting my heart and my best work into them. And I'm excited for you. If you need a stocking stuffer, or if you're like, I need to know some tips for my pairing. And I want all kinds of ideas for date nights and for conflict resolution and for intimacy. We've got it for you. So it's coming up very soon. You'll be looking for sales on Black Friday and even before a little bit. So super happy to get you that soon. I'm also so excited to say that we have merch out. So if you are looking for Enneagram and Marriage merchandise, I think you are going to love the thoughtful way we crafted the phrases about loving others with our merch. We have t-shirts of black and gray and pink and white, as well as some hoodies. I'm really excited because it's all about loving others and how each type loves others. So I think you're going to love it. And you can check us out for our store at enneagramandmarriage.com or reflectionscc.com. And what you can also do is because you're a faithful podcast listener, thank you so much. You can use the coupon code 5OFF at either site and you will have $5 off, which is basically free shipping. So super happy about that. This is a pre-holiday sale. So go ahead if you're listening week by week, get that. And I am so hoping you love them for Christmas gifts or for holiday gifts or just for regular life. As a reminder of how you guys can love your people so well and so you. So let's get started though into the holiday survival ideas. And let's talk a little bit about the survey I did with you guys on the topic, because I actually have noticed, interestingly, that our group at Enneagram and Marriage, you guys are reporting about even odds when I say, how are you doing? Do you usually get along a little bit better at the holidays or a little bit worse? It's been ebbing and flowing as I've been polling, but in general, it's about 50-50. And in general, you guys are actually healthier than the rest of the world. So congratulations, you have been working on your relationship, I can tell. And most couples don't just tend to ignore each other over the holidays, they also experience more conflict. So that's something that when you take a look at that, and I'll put that in this week's show notes, you'll find out that you guys are really doing better. I'm sadly talked a lot about this last year when I did a holiday survival workshop that you guys really need to know that we as therapists are hearing from people more usually right around late January and then divorces are happening in March because people are too poor and broke after the holidays to even get a divorce, but they're so jaded that once they get some finances again, sometimes they're going for that divorce right away. And I want to help you guys not to have to move in that direction so that you can feel like, okay, maybe it was hard at moments and great at moments, but we didn't lose our entire relationship over the holidays. I mean, that is just a huge bonus over and above the people who do, who are just like, I'm sorry, but Things became clear and now I have to leave or you have to leave. And I know sometimes that's necessary, but when we can prevent that, I want to help you to do that. So excited to see that you guys were feeling a little more hopeful about it. But now I'm going to also say, I want you to be ready. Like I said a little bit earlier, I want you to know that even if you typically have a great time at the holidays, as your family gets bigger and grows or as losses come 
there are stresses in a family that you have to be ready for. So for instance, the couple who's engaged or dating has to deal with things like, we're going to visit both of our families. And that's a little bit stressful. And a lot of the time, there's several families to visit. But the biggest issue is typically that you're getting too stuffed. When you guys are coming to see me, you're giggling. You're saying, oh my gosh, it was so funny. We're doing our premarital work with you and we have to eat at two different places. And so that's something that I really like for you that you really get to have this season of life that you're not super stressed in. Then those of you who have little kids tell me it's getting a lot harder because we have not only had to turn our lives upside down for this little human who's taking over everything, but now some of the grandparent level people are fighting or maybe even experiencing more distress in their marriages. And so these relationships take on a different turn of I'm trying to comfort my parents in their distress or elderly grandparents. I'm trying to have a new baby. Me and my spouse are exhausted and now we can't find each other in this. And it was kind of a rude awakening. This is a hard season of marriage and maybe the hardest. I remember one Christmas, Wes and I were really excited about how we love to buy our kids gifts. And it was just when we had just one child, actually our eldest. And then we get to the Christmas celebration time and she has a bit of a stomach bug and we put her on top of a package and she went to the bathroom all over the package because she was just sick. And so we were like, no, like this is so hard and you can't really fake it till you make it there. It's stressful. You're like, okay, this is this warm goop just all over the present, like quick get napkins. Like we're not going to be able to go to that family member's house. And now people are upset and people came into town just for this. And you have this little child and you're like, I can't help it. Why don't you just go? And then there's hurt feelings and you guys know the cycle. So this is why I'm telling these young couples with stars in their eyes, life happens. And those who have had kids, kids are laughing with me because you know that happens and it doesn't just happen once. It happens hundreds of times over the years. It happens just because there's nap times, there's cranky kids, there's fevers, there's colics, there's nursing infections, there's fathers who are worn out or just need some time alone and there's fighting in your marriage. And I'm not trying to scare you away from having kids if you don't, because it's honestly the best thing I've ever done by far. But it's like, I also want you to realize your holidays have to be different for this season of life. And that's okay. And I think that's where people really get sad is they're like, I in my season of marriage, I never expected it would be this hard. And you just have to put your mind around it that it is but that there's always a way to find a way back to rest at some point. Even if you're like, oh man, I wish that I could have done this or that. There's always a way back to finding rest and joy and balance in your life, but it's not going to come always on your terms because if you love people in a community, sometimes you are going to be overwhelmed. Sometimes you're going to have things go in directions you don't want. And we'll talk about that in a little while too. But the last section of parenting usually or marriage is after the kids are older, now you have different issues. It gets easier for a while. Like I'm in the season where it's actually pretty easy because we found our rhythms and our kids are older and they're not yet moved out with their own kids and dating and things. So that season becomes harder but I also have some tips for those in that season. And that really is important to look at as well because 
that season will come before you know it. And you'll be like, oh, wait, I'm so jaded. I thought this was going to be our time to retire and enjoy. And maybe some of you are even there already. And you know what I'm talking about. So I want to help you with those early years, with the middle years, and then with the later years of your marriage so that you can have a nice holiday with some stress. I don't want that for you, but I know it's normal, but also with some awesome times. So real quick, let's go through the ideas I have for you specifically. So the first idea I have for you is rituals. And I've lined this up with ours. I love our words. I don't know why I just do. And so I've made all of my tips for you today, our words. So I hope some of you like that too. And that's why I named my program R&R. And that's why I love my business name to be Reflections. It's just like such a fun way in a refreshing way, frankly, to talk with people about how they can build up their lives. That R-E word is all about redoing, recharging, re-energizing. So I really wanted to start there. And ironically, the first word is rituals. It's not even an R-E word necessarily, but it really belongs to bringing wholeness through slowing down and doing meaningful things together this holiday. And sometimes we have to say just doing meaningful things yourself because you're either dating not seriously or you're divorced or you're not really close right now in your marriage or you're working opposite shifts. So when I say rituals to you, what I really want you to start doing is over the holidays, find a sacred space for you. And it could be you and your spouse or it could be just for you to keep your mental wellness going great. But either way, Way, this ritual will be something that you can go to each and every day to help you through the holidays. And some people like to do the Advent calendars. Advent is one of the greatest times and most mysterious in the Christian calendar because it celebrates the incarnation. It's this reality that is so strange and foreign to us of the God of the universe really being acquainted with our sorrows and just us understanding that we are seen and heard and loved and getting to celebrate Christ's arrival with hope and his rescue of us. And it's patient and accepts the tension of what is already and has not yet come yet. And it's all about waiting. There's this odd mix of happiness and melancholy. So I really welcome you to that as a ritual. If you haven't done that in a long time, or if you just want to really strengthen your faith, no matter what. I love to follow Biola University's Advent Project every year. It is so rich. There's always some beautiful music in the background, and usually Wes and I find something we like. There's always a piece of artwork that they refer to that is something we can look at and really experience depth and hope in that somebody analyzes for us. And then there's also a devotional for us to think about and to consider. So there's really a balance of heart and mind and body, and it's it's really cool. They don't exactly do body work, but we'll get to that. And I love that they include a poem a lot of the time. Oh my gosh, it's just such a great project. So that's a ritual that I do each year. It centers me. Advent starts this year, Sunday, November 29th, and, and ends on Thursday, December 24th. So that's an important place for you to really, really say, okay, this whole season I could take myself through this or our family or our marriage. And the themes are so cool. They're hope 
peace, love, and joy. So I'm just excited for you to potentially get to process that as one of your rituals. And you can do this with your spouse, but don't forget you can always grow even if your spouse isn't in that season with you. You're a person too, so do that growth. And Wes always enjoys doing my Advent calendar with me just in our morning breakfast time together. He likes to hear about it. And this year we were listening to a song the other day and he said, by the Wailing Jennies and he likes country music. And I was like, oh, where did you hear this song? And he's like, I heard it from the Advent Project. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's like, you introduced it to me. And I was really touched that he remembered that. So sometimes your spouse is listening even when you think they aren't. Some of you have rituals that you've been doing for years on one side of the family or both, and your spouse is pretty cool with it and they will chime in. But I also want to make sure that you're thinking of things that you guys can start at as family traditions just for you. But I hold that lightly because like I said, some of our traditions we do just for ourselves and it gets really controlling when you're like, I want to do something just for us and it's pressurized. So if it comes great, if it doesn't, just keep doing good things for you and find rituals. It might be that you say every day this month, I'm taking a walk in the morning and that's my ritual through the holidays or every day for this whole season of holidays, I am getting up early to just have a cup of coffee and to have some time of gratitude. But what this really does and says is I am being intentional with this time and I'm being grateful in this time. And we'll talk more about gratitude in a few minutes, but I hope that you'll get some great rituals started for your holiday. That would be awesome. The next thing I have on the list is relax because that's something that we're not always very good at in the holidays together with our spouses and taking at least one date night over the holidays can do wonders for your marriage. Something just for the two of you as you're pulled in a million different directions. And sometimes you have something something in the community that says, oh, we're going to let you do a parents night out. But I'm not even going to, I mean, especially this COVID year, even if you're just thinking we're putting the kids in their room to watch Home Alone at seven o'clock with popcorn and chocolate, and we're going to have our night to cuddle on December 13th, whatever random day you choose, you can do something like that and you can look forward to it and plan for it. If it has to be rescheduled, you can reschedule it. But I want you to really relax together because that is so important. And it's really important for you to ask your spouse, what would help you to relax over the holidays? Because that is something that's very loving. And I don't want you to think it's all about you. We can tend to do that. And I can tend to do that as a self-preserving subtype. I actually had a dream last night because I know the holidays are coming up and I could easily interpret this dream. I was dreaming that I was at a hotel and instead of being in a room I was in the lobby, but there was dim lighting and they said, we are really not going to put you in a room because we have this wonderful new thing and it was so marketed and gimmicked and I was able to sniff that out right away, of course. And I'm like, oh no, this is not good. But they were like, it's really good. And we just dim the lights so that you're available at all times to everybody and you can be out there in the foyer. And then people started showing up that were extended family members with trauma for me to care for them. And they were people that I love a lot, like teens and kids. And I've shared on here, like, oh my gosh, like my heart for teens and kids is like too big. And so is Wes's. And so 
it was just sad because I the child looked at me like, hey, like you haven't been spending time with me. And it wasn't one of my kids. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And here I am out in the foyer, like feeling really vulnerable and exposed. So, you know, I tell Wes about the dream and I didn't give him all the details because I wanted him to just know that's the feeling I have. If I would have explained all the details, he would have been lost in them. Like, wait, this person and that person, are you trying to form alliances? And I know his six would have gone right there because he's a one, three, six, and he would have been worried and kind of pent up and maybe a little aggressive and critical. And so I just said, you know, this was my dream. And here's the general point I'm making is I want to make sure I have a day or two to relax this holiday so that I don't have every day to be one of those days where I'm feeling overly exposed. And that's something I have to work on as a self-preserving subtype. Some of you can relate. Some of you probably think that's the weirdest nightmare, but I just actually, after I woke up, I saw that in a five Enneagram group and I'm like, oh yeah, I just had a nightmare like that. Like some people really feel like if you catch us when we don't have energy, that's awful for us because we're like, I want to give and I have a big heart, but I'm going to need my downtime. So try to find that downtime together. And you can talk to your spouse about your worries and concerns like I did with Wes. But if you do that, try not to get into the nitty gritty people of it, because that's not necessary to say what your need is. You don't have to start gossiping about family members and saying, you know, this person always overwhelms me and this person is mean and this person is selfish and this person is rude and this is the weird uncle and this is the strange aunt. And it's like, that's all probably true but it's not necessary for you guys to find a safe harbor together. You don't have to do that because you never know what little injuries your spouse might have against you. What you guys just have the business to do is to make sure you don't completely overload yourselves. And then that way you're replenished and you're ready to have that overflowing life that we talk about sometimes to give back to others. The next R for you guys today is rejoice. And that just, of course, means spending some time this holiday where you're thinking about what you're blessed with. And I really told you I want you to have low expectations for your holiday in terms of it's going to be perfect. It's going to be amazing. I want you to just be like, hey, this time is stressful for most couples. We're really lucky to survive it and to thrive in it would be absolutely amazing. Um, But we're going to be ahead of the game even if we're just surviving. So what can we rejoice in? And that's something that you can take time intentionally to think about. But rejoicing can look like you guys just saying every day, just spend time thinking about the blessings. Because if we just think about, oh my gosh, I'm looking at my big day today and there's 10 things on it or 100 things on it, depending on which subtype you are and how much you've got going on mentally, physically, emotionally, there could be traumas, there could be grief. But each day, if you can find a place to rejoice, even if it just means every morning you look up at the sky in wonder or you decide I'm going to get up at sunset or you say every night I walk the dog and I look at the stars and just put it on your mirror or put it on your phone on a reminder every day or on the dashboard of your car, rejoice so that you can spend time truly replenishing as well as rejoicing for what you have. And that's one of, as you know, the parts of Advent. It's not just about loving. It's not just about hope. It's also about joy. So I want you to really spend time. It doesn't have to be just the Christmas morning. I really enjoy all the days before Christmas. And then I enjoy 
Christmas morning a little bit, but I'm really a Christmas Eve person. So I really try to rejoice that day. And my son's the same way. We're both seven ish. And so he's like, mom, by the time Christmas morning comes, I already have that feeling of it's over. And I'm like, oh, Jack, I'm the exact same way. So we know that about ourselves. So we really try to intentionally invest in that day being a day of joy. And I would say that's my relaxing day too, in the sense of I try to just allow myself some peace that day. Be quite honest, as a person of faith, I always enjoy after the hullabaloo of Christmas Eve and that kind of hallmarky joy where I'm like, oh, we're going to watch Prancer, which is my favorite Christmas movie. It's from my time era. It's like the 80s, 90s girl, of course, with her imagination about Prancer. Some of you probably know that movie and love it. Um, I've already been outvoted for that one. We always watch a different one every Christmas Eve after the kids open their pajamas. But it's like that day is fun. And it's like I said, hallmarky, gimmicky. We do go to Christmas Eve service typically. I don't know if it'll be online or in person this year with our family and the way we choose to to be at our church, but I really love that spiritual part too of the carols. But I think that when I talk about rejoicing during the holidays after that day, it's all about the emptiness you feel when that's over and it's just praising God in that time. And there's something great about that too, because it's deep and it's real and you're doing your dishes and you're eating your leftovers and you're looking at your budget with more serious again. And it's just a time to take a good 20 or 30 minutes and spend time resting with God and rejoicing for what is, even when it's not all of the big fanfare. So just remember that about joy, that it's not just the carols or the Christmas tree. It's deeper time with God where you're just enjoying breathing, where you're just enjoying rest, where you're just enjoying hope and peace. And it's not as much of the big joy that we see on the television. So that's a really important piece for you to remember about joy. The next place I want you to focus in on is your response to all of what we've just done. So to recap, we've talked a little bit about how you can find your, as we just said, your time of rituals where whether it's that you're seeing Christmas lights, completing an advent calendar. My girl's godmother just got them one with socks. She told me they don't even know it yet and they're going to find out like in a few weeks and they're not even going to listen to this podcast. So we're good. Don't tell them, um, <laughs> but, but they're going to have fun with that and you're going to have fun with your rituals and then you're going to hopefully relax and not overcrowd and get a date night and take some time just for you. And if you're having nightmares about anything, you're going to to try to address that. Um, and you're going to try to ask your spouse what would help you to relax. And, and then you're even going to try to rejoice. Um, but what are you going to do as a response to the hope, to the peace, to the love you're, you're brewing here? What are we doing all this for? And yes, some of it is just the journey is the destination as we know. And of course, as a seven, you know, I forget that sometimes. And if you're three or an eight, you're with us. And, and so, I know that we do need to respond in the moment to what's happening. And that is that we're okay, that we're doing fine and that we've made it. And that response time is now essential. And I'm going to give you a book analogy to enunciate that a little bit more clearly. I haven't talked a lot lately about the literature class and bringing that in because we were doing Old Man in the Sea last month. And that was really, I was 
you know, enjoying it, but I was having a hard time finding a parallel because it's a beautiful book about the end stage of life. But many of you, thank God, are not dealing with that. So that book is fantastic for a whole literature survey. But um, but now we've just finished The House on Mango Street. And that's so rich and good for this community because it's all about how when you come out of trauma and you come out of difficulty and shame, you have to remember it and you have to carry it forward and you have to respond. So I think that fits in beautifully here with us saying, now that you've had this time to properly refresh yourself as an adult and to really rejoice in your blessings and to truly respond to just God in his advent hope toward us, it's now time to respond to your community. And in the beautiful book, Esperanza, the main character, doesn't like her name. She calls it the muddy brown, interestingly, number nine. And she says, my name doesn't mean anything good. I've been born under a shadow and I don't have a lot of hope. But one thing I know is I'm going to get out of this dirty, scummy neighborhood and I'm going to make something of myself as a woman. And she has to learn who she is and evolve and become it's a coming of age novella and it's really beautifully woven. But what I think is the most important piece of her story and that brought me to an emotional state was that when she's finally released from this life of drudgery and almost no hope at all, she finds that there are a few people who are willing to build into her and to invest in her and to believe in her. And they cast this beautiful glow over her. And these three sisters represent the three spirits sometimes you see in the ancient world as far as just in the the muses or sometimes you see them as three ancient different types of women. But at any rate, in this particular setting, the message is really important and it's really beautiful. And it's all about how once you leave your home and once once Esperanza leaves Mango Street and they do give her the good news that she will and they can tell just as they can tell in their knees that they are going to have a rainy day tomorrow there's something practical and scientific about it as well as a little bit mystical and that is that they can see a light in her and a spark and they know she'll be leaving and she's making her place and she's getting up from the table and pushing away the food and not always clearing it like all the women in her culture are doing and she's really expanding herself as a Chicana in this young Latin world. And she's at the same time learning, once I leave, and I am going to leave, I have to honor my roots. And that's the response that we have to do. And we have to decide it for ourselves. But when we're really young in our 20s, and we're learning the book boundaries, and I remember in my 20s, reading the book boundaries by Cloud and Townsend and sharing it with all my clients. And it's honestly not one of the books I'm always talking about anymore. I like it and I like to teach people boundaries. But as you get older, you realize the circle that the three women are talking about. And if I could have titled this episode, Coming Back to Mango Street, I probably would have, but you would have been like, what are you talking about? But the ladies say to Esperanza, they say, when you get to leave, remember to come back to the others, a circle. There will always be Esperanza. You will always be Mango Street. You can't erase what you know, and you can't forget who you are. And so she had this understanding of, 
I can't just abandon the others who haven't been strong enough to leave. And not everybody has had the same opportunities as me. And let's face it, when you've heard me talk about mentoring episodes, haven't I told you there's people who have poured into me? And haven't you guys told me that when I've done surveys with you? So in this response time during the holidays, it costs and it's not going to be easy for her any more than it is for you or I to go back to the places and to the people that are sometimes stressful for us on opposite sides of the family or our own family. And there's certainly going to be people that we need harsh boundaries with that we're not going to see. But I also want to welcome you to this as part of the holidays. And that's another important place where we reduce expectations that we don't think I have to do everything for everyone. But we also don't think my spouse has to be perfect because we're like, they're trying to give love, serve, refresh, replenish. I'm trying to do the same. This is about surviving with grace and loving each other and saying, what do you need to do? What will make you so happy? during the holidays. And I already know what that's going to be for Wes because he already told me and you know he's an opposite subtype than me and we're going to have opposite feelings. I'm going to want to give money and he's going to want to give ourselves as people and I'm going to want to do quiet things like podcasting at home and he's going to want to host a big Thanksgiving. So what I'm going to do there is I'm going to jump into my seven and I'm going to have fun with him and do that because I love him. And I know that that blesses him so much. It brings out such joy, peace, love, all these great gifts. And he knows with me when he gives me time to replenish in the quieter ways that that's exactly what's going to bless me. So once you get to know each other, which takes time, you're going to get there too. And we still have a ways to go because we're not super old yet. We're right in the thick of things too. And we still have a really busy life with kids at home. And so we have to be super intentional or we could totally get lost. I mean, he could do medical work all day and I could do counseling work all day. It's like our fields are exploding right now. So we really have to just lay low and say, I'm choosing to love. I'm choosing to rest. I'm choosing to serve and not serve for money. Sometimes just serve because we want to open our home to neighbors. And that's really a blessing for my husband. And so I think that's important for you guys to realize, to look at each other's subtypes and favorite places to serve and to rest and to replenish and to respond. And sometimes there's places like I said that you're not going to want to respond to. Like I had to close that door for a reason and it's shut and it needs to stay shut. But sometimes it's going to be things like I'm going to respond to my spouse who's been asking for me to have more intimacy and I'm not going to let it disappear over the holidays. I'm going to put it on the calendar. It might be that you're going to show up for people in a financial way, whereas normally you might like to do um, a Christmas with the cranks kind of plan escape route where you're like, we're going to do our cruise this year and forget all these presents. It's my kid's number one favorite movie. And Wes can't understand why, because he's like, it's a grown up movie, but they love this movie. It's their favorite movie. They already watched it the other day and I was just doing work with them, but it was their relaxing on their break. And it was so cute because they know almost every line of that movie. It's like this family comfort movie. I know you have movies like this. I also like Switchmas. That's a cheesy Christmas movie about a little Jewish boy that his um, whole Christmas, he wants to celebrate Christmas for the first time, but his parents are like, oh, oy vey. So that's a really cute movie too. But um, 
but they love this one and they love it more than Switch Miss. So if I say, let's watch Switch Miss, they're like, mom, we want to watch Christmas with the Cranks. So when I say that, I mean, you might want your Christmas with the Cranks time where you forget Christmas and you just want to have your cruise. But remember, Jamie Lee Curtis and Tim Allen feel so embarrassed when everybody finds them just at the tanning booth and they're not shopping for anyone or loving anybody. And they're just like, it's all about us this year. This is the St. Bart's crowd. And it's like, you know, this is, there's something good to that because you're hard at work, but there's also something heartless if you're just for you. If you just take your heart out of the whole game and it's all about replenishing in your body and your instincts and your appetites and your senses. And it's all about your thoughts being pure and perfect and keeping good boundaries with everybody. And at the end of the day, if that's all you do, it's just going to be you for a little while, you and your spouse, but you're going to roll them out after a while too. So it's so important to sit in the tension and the mystery of Advent and just love your people, even when they're hard to love. And when they're really hard to love, take your breaks. I also had somebody reach out to me today, a client and say, you know, when my spouse is acting like a total, total jerk to me, just a small thing, but just a jerky small thing you know, should I run off? Should I just say, I love you? And I gave the same advice that I take for myself when I'm feeling in that situation. And that is just love your person, but love yourself to stand up for who you are. If your spouse has a really bad moment, stand up for you. You don't need to take that and apologize when it's not time to apologize. You might even have to say, you know, earlier today, I said, I'm sorry, but really I'm not because I thought it through and I wasn't doing anything wrong. But here's the clincher. You don't just say that because then they're just going to be like, wow, you just made a really bad moment a lot worse. Instead of that, say, but I love you and I hope you're doing okay. I want to check in with you about that because I care a lot about you. And that will disarm them a little bit. It may need to be a conversation still, but it's okay because you're being real and you're standing up for you because you're important too. And loving yourself as you love others implies that you really do love yourself and you do give to others a little bit more than you but you don't forget yourself. You don't say, I'll just keep apologizing even when I didn't do anything. You don't say, I don't deserve replenishment or I have to find my worth through achievements. You don't say, I have to avoid pain at all costs or I can never be vulnerable. You say, I'm gonna expose myself to the elements with you because I love you even a little bit more than I love me and I'm trying to do that even better all the time. But if I'm out in the rain all day and if I'm out in the cold and I'm exposed, I need refreshments and replenishments too. So how can we do that together so that we're not overly exposed? And it's also an act of faith because when you take that time quietly at home and you say, I guess the dishes are going to have to go today, or I guess somebody else is going to have to bring the meal to somebody, then you're really saying, okay, God, supply me with energy or show up. Let me see somebody else do it. I don't have to carry it all on my shoulders. I don't have to have all the pride this holiday. I need to love my mate. I need to love my family, my kids. It's not all about me. And that is so important for those of you who are goal oriented and you're just going to keep going with those goals all through the holidays and let your family make you a better person like Wes and I do for each other. And my son Jack did that for me a couple months ago. He was looking at my daily transformation, my morning prayers, and there was this line I got out of a Christian book and it was really cool because it was like, I am goal oriented. I am successful. I don't remember. It was, it was words that I had chosen. I don't have it in front of me, but 
Jack saw briefly. He's like, what are you doing, mom? I'm like, good morning. I'm just finishing up my daily prayers. And he saw this little line of affirmations at the end of it, which really helped me to boost up for my days and my goals. And the lines were like, I, this, I, that, I, this, I, that. And Jack just gave, he's famous for these one-liners. And he said to me, mom, there's a lot of I there. And he didn't even mean anything by that. He just meant that's interesting. That's scientifically interesting. But I was like, you're right, Jack. There's a lot of I there. And I want it to be more of a we. And he probably thought I was a little crazy because he's like, I'm just saying there's a lot of like letters at letter I's. That's pretty cool. I'm eight years old. I'm noticing this, but I'm like, no, you're right. This is not about my goals. This is not about my dreams. This is about serving you. And I think that that was fun for him, hopefully to hear, because I do get in my head a lot and it was a good awakening for me. So let your people teach you. And I hope you guys taught each other through the election too. You probably saw my picture I shared on Instagram of my parents, how they could cancel each other out sometimes and still hold a lot of love for each other. But Jack really moved me with that too, because during the election, I let him research some of the local government candidates. And I had a feeling about these two candidates, but I said, I want you to look at these two and tell me what you think. And here's their political pages and here's their personal pages. So I want you to research this, this, then this, and this, then tell me what you think. What would you do in your vote? And he read them and he said, this one I can relate with, this one I can't. But it only took him one sentence of the one he couldn't relate to. And it was so interesting because he wasn't going to stop after the first line, but he just started reading. He read the first line and he goes, I'm a self-made businessman. And he goes, oh, mom, he goes, I already know, like, this is not the person I can relate to. And I just thought, gosh, thank you for teaching me about values. Sometimes I forget that. And I had to really look at the rest and weigh everything else. But just that one line, sometimes you might hear from your spouse or your kids that really speaks to you. And it might hit a nerve where you're like, oh, I have been focusing in on what's going to benefit me or lower my taxes or maybe um, not trying to be Republican versus Democrat here. So on the other side, what's going to you know make my voice heard more? It's important to have your voice heard. It's important to try to get your taxes lowered, but even more important is what can I do for others so that I can be important, but that I can show others that I care so deeply for them. So that's the thing that I want you to focus on this season. I don't think you can go wrong. I've troubleshooted a lot over the years for holidays with people. And if you're really loving others hard in your world and you're trying to get your replenishments and relaxing and you're trying to have your rituals and you're trying to serve and to respond to God with praise and with rejoicing, I don't think you're going to go wrong. I think your people and you are going to make it just fine through this holiday. I think you guys are maybe even going to come out stronger, but that's a seven reframe and a seven hope that I dare to pray over you guys, but that I don't dare to proclaim because I know God's doing different things in each of our lives this season and we're doing different things in each of our lives. And sometimes, like I said, it might not be about me and my new goals. It might be about me serving my son. And so just watch for what the best thing is for you to do but I know what the best thing isn't. And it's not for you to get caught up in drama and to cut people off who are imperfect unless they're truly egregious. And I also want you to understand that it's not to 
get rid of your spouse just because they're having a bad day. But but hang in with them and hang in and stand up for yourself on those days so that you can show them that you did get your self-care, that you get your replenishment and that you love them. And out of that overflow, we hope as a family systems therapist turned Enneagram coach that they're going to feel really honored that you're showing up for them and trying to heal their trauma with them and that you're doing your own work and that they're going to want to respond in kind. Because, you know, the only thing better than, for example, two twos who are loving, learning to love themselves well is two twos who are loving each other really well, right? And that example could be for each person out there with the Enneagram teaching is give yourself some credit. You're learning, you're growing, but how cool is it when you're learning to love others and so is your spouse and so you're both being loving and loved. I mean, that's just beautiful. That's the full circle that Esperanza is going for, right? She got to leave the trauma, but she gets to come back and minister to them regularly. That's the hope for all of us. And I hope you have such a beautiful holiday season. I will certainly be here with you talking about our glow for couples and talking about all the great any topics we can think of. I am so glad we've been knocking out so many over this semester. I hope you have such a great week. And don't forget to check out the merch. It's all ready for you at enneagramandmarriage.com.